0: what's going on everybody happy thursday so this is a bonus episode kind of makes up for the episode not being dropped yesterday i've been sitting on this audio for about two weeks maybe three weeks at this point but it's a super cool interview joined by mr taco fall over on the locker room app the first half of the show is going to be myself and my co-host in that show wayne cole just going back and forth with taco getting to know the guy a little bit more after the break it will go straight into the fan questions where fans have been brought up onto stage to ask taco whatever they want to ask him some awesome bits in there we got one about taco going viral while learning to swim and then there's also some other stuff going on as well where we talk about like the Boston media and how that works for the players so i'll I'll leave you guys to it and i'll start this episode off after the intro
1: i'm mike gorman and you're listening to the celtics pod podcast for celtics blog here's your host adam taylor So my name is Wayne Cole. I am the host of The Sports Counselor.
0: How's it going, Taco? My name's Adam Taylor. I cover the Celtics for Celtics Blog of SB Nation. Uh, it's a pleasure to chat with you, and it's great to see so many people in the room as well.
1: No, okay. Nice meeting you too, Adam. So first, Taco, just want to let you know on this app, we talk a lot about basketball, but another thing we're really passionate about is mental health mental health is very very serious especially in the game of sports mm-hmm. so my my first question to you is taco how do you handle being in the nba mentally and physically on a day-to-day basis
2: um i mean mentally it's that you you're right mentally it can can be very challenging i think that's the biggest uh that might be one of the biggest challenges of being a professional athlete Period, not just being in the NBA, um, but but for me, um, you know, you know, using my my background and uh, you know everything that I've been through um, before I got to this point, everything that I had to fight through um, before I got you know to the NBA, before I got to be a professional, I always go back to that and uh, always think about how how far I came from, which always gave me a sense of gratefulness and. That makes everything pretty much easier for me. And that helps me also make my word, my word very, very small. Um, I don't have a big circle. I have a really small circle of people that you know, I can always go and talk to if, if anything. And, uh, I don't, you know, try not to worry about the noise too much and focus on my task and what I need to do. And, um, you know, and just take it day, day by day. But. Uh, the mental, the mental challenges is, is real, and I know there's a lot of athletes who, who struggle with that. I mean, the physical part is is easy. We're all used to it. We, we've done it. I haven't played basketball for for that long, but uh, you know, you you do it so much that like your body's just used to it. You wake up, you work out. That's that's your job. We are professionals, so that's that's easy.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> want to feed off Wayne's question, really. Um, it's about staying mentally prepared. I know that at the moment you're kind of going game to game on whether or not you're going to see any floor time and then you get put in a game against a team like Philly matched up with a guy like Joel Embiid that's been dominant all year. How do you stay mentally locked in not knowing when your number is going to get called on a night-to-night basis and how much does that affect you in your game prep coming into game?
2: I mean, you always got to stay ready. Like you say, you never know when you're, you know when your name is going to be called. Um, playing against Philly, you know, you, teams like that, you kind of have an idea that maybe you might get in. Um, maybe there's a better chance because you have a guy like, like Joel, who, who's, in my opinion, the best big in the NBA. I don't think there's really anybody that can guard, guard that man. Uh you know, you can try. It's a team effort. But, um, with the matchup, you know, some, some, some games, you might be like, okay, tonight might be the day I might see some minutes. So, you always got to be prepared. You, you got to go into the game um, open-minded and, um, you know, pretty much mentally and, and physically making sure that I stay locked in, you know, because you never know. That that day when um, I didn't expect Coach to call my name, I just, I was, you know, I was locked in into the game and all of a sudden Coach Bratton me like, taco, get in. So uh, I got in, I, you know, tried to do my job. Um, I worked hard. I work hard every day, uh, try to, stay, you know, stay in shape. Um, I work on my craft. I take, I take that very serious. So um, whenever a coach calls my name, I try to be ready and go out there and, you know, do what I'm supposed to do.
1: The thing I love about you is everyone loves you, Taco. How does that feel to when you walk into a visiting ball club arena, they're going ch- to be chanting Taco Fall. Can you tell us how does that feel, that even though you have a green jersey on, it's almost like you play for the Bulls, the Warriors, the like everyone loves you. How, talk to us about that, Tiger. How does that feel, man? That's um, I always I think about that a lot, and
2: honestly, I I can't I can't tell you why. Like I don't me myself, like I, I I'm still surprised by that because it's not anything. I don't think it's anything that I've you know said or I've done. Um, I always look at it as you know a gift from from a higher power, a gift a gift from God and it's something that I've really, really embraced. But at the same time I try not to fit into it too much. Uh you know, get a get a big head about it because that's that's not good. So I just, you know, regardless of where I go, I mean I, I see it, I hear it. It's something that I'm really, really grateful for. Um, uh, but at the same time whenever I, I, I go into the arena and that happens, I really always just try to try to stay at
0: in 10 and, and not, not fit into it too much. So, Taco, um, I remember last year when you were in, with Maine, Um, I had a coach with Darren, uh, Darren Ehrman, who was head yeah. coach. Of the, and um, I remember speaking about you and asking what you were working on and he was singing your praises about your work ethic and your like how eager you were to develop every day in practice. I was just wondering what that's been like being with the Celtics this year and not having as many practice games. Well, practice days, sorry. How often have you been able to work on your game and what is it you're trying to develop at this moment in time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I work I work every day. I don't think I get any day off. Today might be the only rare day where I, I feel like I haven't you know, tested basketball. And that's, that's rare. Like, I work seven days out of the week, whether I'm playing or not. And I've been really fortunate uh, since I got to Boston, even, you know, last year going back and forth between Maine and, and, and Boston. And then this year, being in Boston full-time and, you know, having a coach um, like, you know, Jay, someone like Jay LaNavie was always, you know, pushing me um, to be the best that I could possibly be. So I work extremely hard every day. But but like you said, the, the, hard, the difference between last year and this year was last year, even though, you know, when I was in Boston, I, we didn't see much time in the G league you know I played I played all the time I played a lot of minutes so it was a lot easier to stay in rhythm to to stay in shape um, this year it's a it's a it's a lot harder one because all the games are crumbed up together like we almost play every other day so you don't get a lot of practice days in between so you gotta find ways to keep your rhythm stay in shape, play here and there. Whenever you can. Um, but like, like I just take it day by day and, uh, take care of my business. Um, you know, and whenever my, you know, my name is called, I'm trying to stay ready because you never know when that's going to be. As far as working on my game, um, I just try to work on the things that I feel like, you know, Boston needs me to do. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm a rim protector. Um, you know, using my size, uh, protect the pain. Um I'm a ring threat. I'm a really easy target. You know, being in the pain, I can they, you know, just just being there. I mean, people people have to be aware of me because they can just throw the ball over the top at, at any time. So making sure I do that and uh just keep working on my on my speed. I feel like that's something that I've I, I feel like I've had this stigma almost that's followed me ever since I was in in high school cuz you know obviously there's there hasn't been a lot of um big guys my size like 75 and up um that you know were able to run the floor and move so ever since even when I was in high school when people didn't even know who I was as soon as they heard 75 they were like oh he's 75 so automatically they, they they think oh he cannot run he cannot move and that's something that I've really that I've worked extremely hard to, de- to develop. Um, I could see myself just getting better, you know, from, from the days of, in, when I was in high school to when I was in college, um, to even last year and this year, uh, in my second year in the NBA, just improving, work constantly working on my body, getting stronger,
1: getting faster. And I feel like I'm, I'm just getting started. Taco, with staying with that. Although I'm not in the NBA, I play basketball. I've been blessed to know a couple of guys in the NBA. There are a couple of young men in the crowd that are told constantly to give up. They can't play. And as like you said, you've you got to stay the course. Can you give these young men any type of advice or just some wise words? Because the mental health thing is very serious. And they'll come on my show and say, I'm discouraged. Nobody believes in me. Can Taco mm-hmm. Fall give? the kids. Somebody. Yeah. Um, it's not
2: really what people say about you. It's really how you feel about it, how you react to it. I mean, it's it's easy when, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the same thing about you, that you start to believe it yourself. and uh, That's something you, sh- you should never do. Um, it's always, you always got to look at it this way. It's either you listen to what they say, or you listen to what you say about yourself. And, which carry more weight. What you say about yourself or what other people that you, you don't know or you, you've never met in your life or you may never meet in your life have said about you. I mean, they don't see the work that you put in day in and day out, just as long as you put in the work. I mean, you just can't, you know, sit on your ass, forgive my language, and, uh, you know, expect things to happen. You got to go out there and put in the work. And you got to believe in yourself, you know, regardless of what people are going to say. Um, they're doing their job. They're talking, you know, that's that's what people are going to do. They're going to they're gonna judge you. They're going to criticize you. That's that's their job. That's not your business. Focus on what you need to do. Focus on your craft. Um, just have faith. Have faith in your work, um, you know, and always have something to, to hold on to when things don't go your way. For me, it's always been my faith. Um, you know, I, I have my good days. I have my bad days, but I always go back to, to my faith, and I believe that you know God didn't bring me this far for no reason. And just just thinking about my journey of you know how I started to you know everything that I've been through to get to this point, I'm like there's there's no way that you know I want I want I didn't get this far just to get this far. So I don't worry about you know anything on on the outside. Uh, I know what I'm capable of. I know that if I keep working. Uh, I'd be where I want to
0: be, and that's all that matters. Yeah, so I want to kind of stick with this in helping the children and giving them some form of motivation, but I want to take it away from basketball for a moment, and I want to give a shout-out to a Reddit user named TheChuck2346 because he's the one who kind of gave me this question for you. Uh, he, We know that well. we've seen around it, you're very interested in technology and engineering outside of basketball. And obviously, the ball eventually will stop bouncing. I'm very aware it's the early parts of your career at the moment. But do you see yourself becoming like an an ambassador for STEM subjects, for children to go into STEM jobs? Or do you see yourself moving on to be involved in engineering platforms of some form?
2: Well, um, that, that's funny. I was actually just talking to, to someone about that. Um, when I was at UCF, I did two years of computer engineering then I had switched to, switch to IDS in business and that's where I ended up getting my degree in um, but I was thinking thinking of, about um, you know taking some online classes in order to to finish you know those those things that I that I had started when I when I was younger um, I definitely see myself I mean being more involved in the basketball side more than anything because that's pretty much where most of my network is um, right now and it's it's something that I have come to love to do and I see a lot of potential in it, especially you know coming from Africa I see a lot of opportunity in it in order to be able to you know help kids and give them the same opportunities that that were given to me and uh, but but at the same time like you say on on the other side um I would look definitely look into it some more and you never know what, what can happen in the future. But right now I'm really focused on the present. Um You got to build the present
1: first and then the future will come later. Yeah. Just right now, again, everybody, if you're just joining us, we have Taco Fall of the Boston Celtics, the people's champ and our goat. Mr. Fall, can you give us someone who kind of mentored you in the league and maybe helped show you the ropes?
2: Well, I've,
1: I've had a lot. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I feel like I, at every stage of my life, there there has always been someone someone like that. Um, in in college, um, I had two two of my coaches. My first college coach, Donnie Jones. I feel like he's he was one of the people that was like really sold me the vision. I mean, in high school, everybody you know used used to tell me you know I had a lot of potential. Um, especially with, with my height and, you know, at, coming in at such a young age and they saw a lot of potential in me. So they would constantly remind me of that, uh, especially the people that brought me here. But when I got to college, um, my first coach was really one of the first people to put that vision into me that, you know, I could, you know, accomplish a lot and I could inspire a lot of people, especially, you know, from, from Senegal and, From, from there, I really started to, to believe it. And after he left, there was my second coach, um, Johnny Dawkins, who kind of was the same way, but just took it to another level. And from there, I was, you know, given more opportunities to do what I, you know, what I could do and kept getting better from there. And, um, I was fortunate, uh, while I was still in college, I met Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, he was, he became one of my mentors. Um, him, and then um, the last the last couple of years, I feel like it has been um, someone from the coaching staff in uh, in Boston. And his name is Jay Nega. He's one of the assistant coaches. He's I mean I, I don't look at him even as a coach anymore. He's more like a like a friend uh, to me now, and he's he's been a you know big part of my development. So I've Pretty much at every stage of my life, I have had someone like that. And even, um, thinking about that, there's, um, there, there are people that, you know, for example, Muhammad Ali, he's, he's not alive anymore, but he's someone that I've always looked up to. And someone that I, first off, him being a, you know, an African American, I'm not African American, I'm African, but being black, being Muslim, and being an athlete and doing everything that he was able to do in his life, in his sports, inspiring so many people. And, um, I've really looked up to, to him. And that's really something that I inspired to do. Maybe not at the level that he did it because, because he's, I mean, the greatest, the greatest to ever do it. But, uh, if I can even get close to that, I feel like, um, that, that'd, that'd be a great thing for me.
0: I just wanted to kind of feed off this while we were talking about mentorship and Tucker, you're in your second year as a pro now and you've got guys that have came into the league this year and they're obviously learning the ropes in a really difficult situation to try and figure stuff out. Uh, Especially Aaron Neesmith that's really seems to be struggling to find his way in this rotation at the moment where it's obvious the talent's all there. Have you kind of had discussions with him where you felt like you're in a mentorship role and you're passing on some knowledge that you've already gained from being in the league for a year or um, so?
2: I mean, Aaron and I haven't, you know, specifically talk, talked about that, but, I mean, Aaron, Aaron is, is a great kid, first of all. Um, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. I mean, every, I'm one of the first people in the gym and every time, every time I'm there, Aaron is already on the court working like full sweat on, just working working really hard. And I know his his time will come. He just gotta stay the course. It's his first year. There's not a lot of rookies that come in straight away, especially in a team like ours where, you know, we we have we have a lot of great players and especially especially at his um position. But he just gotta stay patient and um and stay the course. There's definitely gonna be a lot of opportunities that are gonna come his way. Um they didn't dropped him that high just to, you know, for, for, for no reason. Aaron, they see a lot of potential in him. We all see a lot of potential in him. And he's handling it really, really, really well. So um, I don't see him you know, pouting or anything like that. He, Whenever his name is called, he's ready to, to go out there and, and play. And he just got to stay the course, really.
0: He does look like he's um, locked in whenever he's on the floor. And he has shown some really good flashes. I'm excited to see how Aaron continues to develop.
1: Uh, again, as you said the games are crammed in. Uh there's a condensed season, pandemic, all in all. What is Taco Fall doing to protect his mental health? Can you give us young guys and us some any tips? Well, one, I I've been trying to stay off social media as much. I don't um
2: I don't you know, I've I've limited the amount of time that I spend on social media because I just don't see any any benefit in it. Um I'd rather, you know, spend my time on on real life experiences or, you know, other things I'm interested to. I'm a big anime fan. Um, like, I, I watch, I've i watched anime since I was... Attack like, on
1: Titan? I've, of course, man. Come My on. guy. Okay.
2: Come on. I I, I used to read uh, the mangas. I haven't read a couple... I think the last one I read was Berserk. Um but I, I used to read mangas and watch the anime but then I, I felt like if i if i read all the mangas then i was poor the anime so i you know i just started waiting for the adaptations but i'm a big anime fan i watch a lot of anime on my downtime um i don't play as much video games as i used to do but mostly i just work work out pretty much you know come home call my mom call my brother and uh, just watch some anime and just chill. Honestly, that's all I do.
0: Yeah, so this is just more of a, a general question that I kind of i have been wondering for a few months at this point. Uh, and it kind of fits in well again with the anime stuff. And you had a, a, a show that was quite brief, the Grant and Taco show. Yeah. I was just wondering, yeah. um, when's that coming back, man?
2: I mean, we, we've been trying. It just was the pandemic hit. Like, we started it last year right before the whole COVID stuff started. and We had plans to like, we have recorded actually a few more shows. Maybe, I don't think they, I don't think they came out yet, but we, we, we actually plan on uh, starting that over. I don't know when that's going to be um, because we still have quite a few games left and, um, you know, the season comes first, but uh, we, we will definitely pick that one back up again.
0: Yeah, it's a super fun show for anybody in the crowd or anybody that listens to this afterwards. Um, it's a great energy show. I think it's really fun, and you guys got like such good personalities to bounce off each other that I used to try and catch everyone once.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely want to pick that one up again. Got a question for you that I think Boston Celtics fans would love. My question is: when you put that jersey on, can you just tell us what does it feel like to be a Boston Celtic? Man. <laughs> That's a great question. That's something that I thought about.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I've, the first time that I've put on that jersey, like, first of all, there's so many images that flashed through my head. Like, all of the Celtics greats that have put on that jersey, you think of, you know, Larry Bird, you think of Kevin Garnett, like, all those players that, uh, especially KG, like, I used to watch KG a lot, especially on YouTube. I, I used to watch a lot of different players, a lot of different bigs, but I've watched KG so many times. I just love his competitiveness, you know, the energy that he, he brought to the game. And then you, you had, you know, the, 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 the people who, you know, the pioneers like the Bill Russells, you think about all those names and you wearing the same jersey. You got on the same logo across your chest uh it, Celtics is a, an international brand and just being able to to represent that is is such a blessing it's definitely something that you know I do not I do not take take for granted um, I really appreciate you know the opportunity that that uh Boston gave me and uh, that's something that I would you know I would never forget like regardless of you know what happens in I don't know in these many years coming, I will always be proud that um I I have represented, you know, the Boston Celtics for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean you mentioned the Celtics being an international brand. I'm all the way over in the UK at the moment and they're probably the most supported team here too. So what like you've got that very popular video of when Brad's calling you over and everybody in the crowd's cheering for you. What's that like knowing that it's not just the people in the stadium that are cheering you on, but it's the it's people at home as well that are thousands of miles away. There's people in Australia, China, Europe, and everybody knows who Taco is. How does that help you when it comes to your performances on the floor? Or do you try and tune everything out and not let that become a factory in everything that you kind of try and do during the day-to-day?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I, there's it's so many people to, to think about. It's something that I'm, like I say, I'm really, I'm really grateful for. Uh, give me, like I said, a, a big sense of, of gratefulness because like it's, it's nothing that I feel like I've, I've done that uh, I have, I have said, um, I, I, look at it as a, as a gift from God and you, you know, you don't deny a gift, a gift from the most high. And that's 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 just the way I look at it. It gave me a, a great sense of of gratefulness. Um, keeps me very very humble, uh, but at the same time, I try not to fit in fit into it too much.
0: Just a quick follow on: How often do you see that video on a day to day?
2: I have seen that video a lot. It pops up, uh, you know, every every now and then. Uh, I, yeah, I've definitely seen that video a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think there's a day that goes by where um that doesn't come across one of my social media feeds, so I've always been curious how often it hits a player's radar when something like that's so popular, so it's nice to know that, you know, people that are putting stuff out there, it does sometimes hit your guys' radars, especially someone like you that's been vocal about not being active on socials.
1: Yeah, for sure. Taco, uh let's go back a little bit, and I, again, off Adam's point, you are the man anywhere you go, and we know you humble. But how did it feel to know that it was the world and you uh you see your you and your college versus Duke? Because I can tell you grandmas I knew were cheering for you, uh firemen, people that UNC people were like, you know, let's go let's go knights. So can you talk to us about how did that feel in the that was that's on the grandest stage and you played a hell of a game. But how did that how did that feel, no know, knowing like Felt like Duke was the underdogs to me. Man, I, I don't know about Duke being the underdogs, but uh,
2: they that that game was was special, and that game meant meant a lot for for us, the players, um, for UCF. I mean, Coach Coach Dawkins played at Duke, um, so it definitely meant a lot for him playing against his, his old coach, his son Aubrey who had a lot, a heck of a game, you know, meant, meant a lot for both of them. And for us as a school, it was like, you know, we, I think that was the first time we made the tournament in, I forgot how many years it was, but it was, it had to be close to a, you know, more than a decade. And just coming, coming that far and playing against Duke, I mean, the na- national brand Duke, everybody knows who Duke is. And we were just, UCF was just getting put on, you know, the map. So he meant, It meant a lot for us. And we just went out there with the mindset that we really had nothing to lose, honestly. Um, the pressure was not really on us. So we, we, we went in there, we played free and we were, we were just having fun. Um, we definitely had the older team. Um, we, you know, we had a great defensive team. We had a great plan coming into the game, which we, we executed pretty well. Um, that was a heartbreak. You know the way the way it ended, but you know everything everything happens for a reason. And we, regardless of the outcome, we we were very proud of that season for sure.
0: In the chat that are waiting, so I didn't know if you wanted to open this up a little bit for some of the people listening in the room.
1: Great, great segue, Adam. But uh, Taco, before we bring up everybody for Q and A, is there anything you just want to say to the crowd? Because I know it's a lot of people. We can't. This man is busy. Right. Is there any words you can say? Before I bring up anybody to come up and talk to you, um, I mean, no, I mean, I just
2: really want to say that I, I appreciate, I appreciate y'all, y'all support. Um, I see it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very great, grateful for y'all, and um, you know, just, just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really just telling them just pretty much how much I appreciate them.
1: welcome to the show the floor is now yours
2: it's an honor taco to be able to ask you a question um so my question for you is what is your proudest moment so far with the boston Celtics? my proudest moment with the boston celtics well i mean we've been we've been in the playoffs um a lot i mean last year was my first year of course and that was my first year experiencing, experiencing what, what a playoff atmosphere was like. Even though we didn't play at the garden, we were at the bubble, but you could still feel the intensity. And even though, you know, we got, we got beat by Miami, I was just proud of, you know, how we handled the whole situation with, with the bubble and everything. It wasn't easy and just how tight, you know, we stayed as a team throughout that whole period. Regardless of what was going on, like I feel like we were one of the teams that were that were hanging out the most. We were always by the pool. We were always doing, you know, different things together. We were always hanging out together, and I was just really proud of the camaraderie that we we were able to build, and you know how how far we came last year for sure. Uh, that's really awesome to hear. Uh, thank you so much, and good luck for the rest of this. Thank you. Eol. Yo. What's up? what's up? Max? You okay. What's
1: What's good? You had a good day.
2: Yeah, I did. Did you have a good day?
1: Yeah, it was pretty good.
2: Um, yeah. Like um, your your accent is cool. Like I love I love that British accent. I think it's it's really cool. My question is, when you won undrafted, how did that feel? And then when you got the call from the Boston Celtics, set um, asking you to be on that summer league team. And eventually, you know, have that contract with like the main Red Claws and uh eventually be on the Boston Celtics like main roster too. Like how,
1: how how's that journey and how's that all felt for you,
2: like all together? Man, that 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 period felt like a roller coaster for me. Um it was I, I've had a lot of disappointments, um, you know, in my life in general, like all of us do. All of us, you know, go through different different struggles, but Uh, that, that day when I went and drafted was definitely one of my, you know, biggest disappointments. But you always, you always hear everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, good, good or bad. Um, and looking back, I don't regret how things went because maybe I would not have ended up with the Boston Celtics. And, um, the Celtics were the first team that called me, um, after the draft and they were very, very persistent. Uh, like they just kept calling my agent. Um, and I, I just, I just could feel, you can tell if when, you know, people really want you and are willing to invest into you, you, you can just tell right away. And I felt that with the, you know, with the Celtics organization, which is why I chose to, one of the reasons why I was like, you know what, maybe that might, that might work out. And, and it did, but it was tough because there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, not knowing what was going to happen next. I mean, you go and draft day, there's nothing guaranteed. And initially, the deal that I had with Boston before, you know, I, I signed I signed my deal with them, you know, was, was non, non-guaranteed. And I just had to come in and, you know, you must have faith and just, just work hard and just let God take care of the rest. And you know, like I said, everything – worked out at the end the way it was supposed to. Thank
0: you so much, Cole. Adam, Taco, it's uh, it's an honor to be able to speak to you. And um you were mentioning faith before, and I know that you're a a proud practicing Muslim. And I was wondering how have there been difficulties being a Muslim player in the NBA and in that same light, how difficult was it for you to see Enos Cantor leave the Celtics after last season? Um
2: yeah I, I, I haven't really had any, you know, difficulties being, being a Muslim playing in, in the NBA. Um, obviously because I wasn't the first one. Um, there, there's been bigger names than me, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being a Muslim. You had, there's a lot of other players that came before me, um, that were Muslim and just showed, you know, what we were really about. So, you know, once I got to the NBA, I really didn't have any, any problems. Mm-hmm. You know, people respected my faith and um who I was and uh, that, that was that was that was really good. But Ennis Living um honestly I I wasn't really happy about it that <laughs> Ennis and I Ennis and I got really, really close. Um he was my I mean, him and I are still really, really close friends, but you know, we don't get to see each other as much. But he was my vet. Um I learned a lot through him. We used to hang out a lot. Um you know, just, even just playing against him. Um, I learned, I learned a lot from him. I feel like Ennis is one of the best bigs in the NBA. He's, he's very underrated and underappreciated, even though he's a little bit crazy sometimes. But that's, that's just his personality. And, you know, I love hanging, hanging around Ennis, but we just, you know, it's some friendships that just, you know, last, last a lot of time. And I feel like Ennis and I got that, that type of connection for sure.
1: Oh, man, that was a great answer. Thank you so much. No problem. So I just want to say I just took a screenshot. It's definitely going on my Instagram story later. So oh. I kind of have a a random question. So uh, in the NBA bubble uh, last year, there was a viral video going around of two teammates. I'm blanking on who it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure teaching you how to swim, if I'm <laughs> correct. um. So how did that happen, and were you sh- shocked on how viral it? was? Uh,
2: yes, yes, and no. Because once I think I don't I don't remember who was filming it. I mean, there was always people filming around the pool area, and like I said, we used to hang out at the pool like every day, especially um Jalen, Jalen, Ennis, and I. Uh, we used to hang out a lot. Um, you know, go at night to the restaurant and just and just talk. And, uh, we, we build a a great bound, especially with those two, Jalen and Ennis. So it just came the idea that, um, I was learning how to swim prior to the bubble. Um, Heather, she, she works with Boston. She's been, she had been setting up some, some lessons for me. And then once COVID hit, we just weren't able to do it. And once we got to the bubble, you know, hanging out at, at the pool all the time, they were like, why don't you just, you know, just, pick it up, pick up from where you left off, and, you know, keep trying to to swim. So NS and I think it was Vincent and Tyus used to have these swimming competitions that they used to do. And one of those days after, you know, I don't, I think it was one of those days after they were done or something, I I was hanging out in the pool and trying to pedal, you know, like when you, I don't know how you call it. Like I was just trying to do some in, in the pool and Ennis and, and Jalen was there at the same time. They're like, you know, we're going to teach you how to swim. So Ennis grabbed, I think, Ennis grabbed one of my legs and Jalen grabbed the other one. And I was trying to keep my head over the top of the water and just try to swim across on the other end. And uh, people filmed that and, and, and it, it went viral. But it wasn't really playing on anything. We were just out there having fun. And I was just trying to learn how to swim.
0: Uh, how do you stay ready knowing how inconsistent your playing time is as a player, like going from game to game? Like what's you, like what keeps you ready? Um, like what's the motivation like? Um, how, how do you just stay ready for that? I
2: mean, you, you know, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I mean, like you say, you never know. When you never know when your name is going to be called, you always got to be ready 100% of the time. And, um, the, the, the hardest part, um, uh, you know, me- mentally, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go just to stay ready mentally. Um, physically, that's probably been the toughest part just because of how the season, um, you know, has been set up this year with all the games being crammed up together. You don't get a lot of practice time in between, but I still, uh, you know, try to get in as much time as possible on the on the gym, and especially with COVID. You know, we have all these protocols. It's it's really hard, you know, to get in enough time. But I definitely make the most out of it. Try to stay physically ready and uh, mentally mentally prepared. Like I'm, it's almost like I'm always on edge, um, especially on especially on game days. You know, you never like I said, you never know when your name is going to be called. So you gotta be locked in. You gotta stay ready. And uh, when your name is called, be be able to you know to go out there and produce.
0: I'm right, man for sure. Appreciate you answering, uh, Wayne. Always rocking with you, Adam. Appreciate you as well. Um, have a great day, you guys. Yeah, you already know the vibes, man. Um, hey Taco.
1: Uh, you know what? I, what I've noticed about your game over the past um couple of years is that like you know you really got a lot faster. You know, running up and down the court. Like you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans. You know, they they still see you, well, they still think of you as this, like, you know, slow, plot and center. But you're really actually, you know, getting up to court, you know, quicker and everything. Like, you're making your moves. You're more decisive with your moves and everything. So just, like, you know, tell us about your improvement, you know what I mean, from day one till today.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's it's been a stigma that I've been trying to fight almost my whole career. It's almost like as soon as people hear this, you know, Once you get past a certain height, they just have this image of you that, um, I mean, I, I understand, but at the same time, I'm like, no, it's, uh, you just, you don't put limits on people. Like I don't put limits on myself. I've, I've worked on my body. I've worked on my feet. I know what I'm capable of. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've worked hard enough to, to show that, you know, I'm, especially now compared to, when I had first started and well, when I was in college, I'm, it's like night and day. I've really focused on that part of my game, making sure that I can keep up with the speed of the game, running up and down and, um, be, being able to move. So, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm not, like, even, even now, it's, it's a, it's a big, you know, focus of mine, like, know, like be, being able to, um, you know, work, keep working on my body, and um, you know, making sure that I can keep up with the pace of it. But like I said, I've, I've I've seen the improvement, uh, but there's still another step that I can take, and I'm I'm constantly working to get, you know, to get to that stage.
0: Um, Taco. So I wanted to ask you, man. Um, there's been some some players coming out recently talking about, uh, you know, the Boston media and how it's kind of hard to play under their pressure and. And, you know, I've been a, a Boston fan my whole life, so I know that, like, when – especially when teams aren't uh, performing up to par, you know, it, it's it's hostile um, in, in the media. So I wanted to ask you, what's what are your opinions on that? Um, and have you had to deal with that at all yourself? Um, and even if not, like, like how, how important do you think it is for other guys to uh, – and, and for the media to really correct them?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes I feel like it's very uncalled for. Um I've seen some of it and i I see the the amount of i mean there's a lot of things that people don't see that we are able to see being in the you know being in the inside um, one being the amount of sacrifice that all the players make you know a, a lot of people bring the argument that uh, you know we get paid a lot of money so you know we have we, we really have no no right to to say anything but I, I really never, never got that, you know, because at the end of the day, we all are human, human beings, and all we have is the respect that we have for each other. And once, once you lose that, it's like, what else, what else do we have? And I, I see the amount of work that, you know, all my teammates put in, night in and out. I see the amount of sacrifice that they put in, and I can tell you, there's nobody that wants to win more than them, because they're the ones that. You know, are in the gym night in and night and night out. They're the ones that you know stay may stay weeks without seeing their families. You know, my my family, my mom lives six thousand miles away. I left home when I was sixteen years old. I came to a country where I barely knew anybody. You know, and you know live live with strangers. I mean, strangers who became friends and um, family, especially when I moved to Florida. I was fortunate enough I met. You know, I met another family there that really took took care of me. But there's a lot of sacrifice that that we, we we've made to get to this point. And it's it gets hard sometimes when you see you know some people being very in, insensitive to that and um criticize you know everybody else for you know how they play. You know, life is bigger bigger than basketball for for sure. And um, there's a lot of you know like I say sacrifices that that have been made, and these people work really hard to get to get to that point at some point you know we all get numb to it, but like I say, for me, I try to make my world very very small. I try not to focus on that, but it took really it took me years to 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 get to that point where that that really doesn't matter as much where I'm really focused on my craft and I know what I'm capable of and I know what I'm doing. But it's not, you know, the same, the, the same thing for a lot of other players, and that's why you see a lot of them coming out talking about mental health, which is which is real, and especially in this social media day where you know everybody has a voice, good, good or bad. But it's just a matter of tuning it out. I mean, there's, like I said earlier, you have to be your biggest, uh, your biggest cheerleader. You can either listen to them, or you can either listen to yourself. It's like which. Which holds more weight: what you know other people are saying about you, or what you're saying about yourself? And you always gotta pick yourself first, and that's really what's important. Focus on your craft. Um, at the end of the day, when you when you're gonna do good, everybody's gonna praise you. When you do bad, you're gonna have some critics. That's part of life. Just move on. Don't worry about it, and keep focusing on your job and what you need to do. Um, so you know, I'm a young kid from Maine too, right outside of Portland, right where the Red Claws play. And I remember, um. You know, watching you a lot last year. You and Tremont, you know, were just really uh, fun to watch everything. I actually got a few high fives from you and I just had a question and it was, you know, what have the Red Claws really done for you and, you know, work work ethic wise or just even basketball? I mean, a, a lot. I mean, I've really, now that I think about it, I've really enjoyed that, that experience of, of being in Maine. I mean, prior to you know, spending my time in the G League. You Before, you heard a lot of, you know, things about the G League here and there. But actually being there, you can see, you know, a lot of benefits into it. And it really helped me, uh, you know, pretty much, one, showcase, you know, what I could do. Not being able to get a lot of time with, with Boston. I was on the court a lot. I was able to develop. And that's really what I needed. I needed to be out there. I needed to play. So I couldn't, you know, stay in shape and, and stay ready. And man was able to provide all of that. And a lot of the coaches that were there also spent some time in Boston and I knew a lot of them already. So there was already this sense of familiarity. And, um, you know, like Erm, Darren Erman, who was the head coach of the records, I- he's with the New York Knicks now. I just saw him yesterday when we played them and we still got a great relationship. And, um, there's Alex Barlow um who's with boston right now um and there's a, a lot of other guys like everett everett uh pretty much we spent time all summer doing my pre draft he works with drew Hanlon which is my my trainer during the off season so I already knew a lot of those guys so coming in, in into the in going into maine, I was already very comfortable and that you know that's that really helped in my in my development so that's that's something that you know, I'm really, I'm really glad that I, I went through and I, re- I definitely reap the benefits of it. How do you approach coming into a league that values the stretch big more than ever? Considering if you were probably drafted in a year like 1990, you probably definitely would have been picked and definitely would have, um, you know, made an impact on a team. Versus in today's NBA, where um the, the three point line and being able to stretch out to it is so valued how do you um you know try and navigate that as you work to become a player that is extremely valued by an organization yeah i mean there's still people always yeah you're right dude the, the game has changed it's not it's not what it, what it used to be and people shoot a lot of threes nowadays and um you know the the, the stretch fives and it's the day of the you know it's, it's their time now, but at the same time, there's still values in what people like me can do if you really, really, you know, think about it. All the all the teams that have really won, you know, you know, championships the last few years, maybe besides um, Golden State, even even with Golden State, um, they've always have someone like me who, at times, you're going to need some rim protection. You're going to need someone who's going to be a rim rim threat. And, um, that, that still brings a lot of value, value to the game. And for me, I just got to do it in the best of my, of my capability. And even right now, you see guys like Joral Embiid, even though Joral can shoot, can shoot threes. I mean, this year you, you have seen he's dominating people in the paint, you know, and there's a lot of bigs like him who are dominating the paint, who are great defensive bigs. And I feel like it's slowly coming back to, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be like like it used to be, but now you can really see the values of you know people like me just you know being out there dis- disrupting people both offensively and and defensively, and that's something that's very valuable and that's something that I
0: can do very well. Okay, man, I really want to say thank you for taking the time to jump on. This has been great. There's so many awesome questions from everybody, and the answers were so well thought out. And I think that people listening to this in the room and people that listen to this tomorrow or the day after once they're released on podcast feeds they're going to really feel like they know the team better and know you as a person better so and I think that's important when we're discussing athletes and sports stars so thank you very much for taking the time and
1: I appreciate you for having me it's definitely been an honor yeah Taco you always welcome back and again we appreciate you man best of luck keep doing what you're doing I disrespecting you haters I ain't sweating your opinion y'all testing my patience never did it for the check I've been impressed with the